0: Welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. and This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sundays. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. What's up, man? You good? i are good, yeah. You uh, got heat? <laughs> I have heat in my house. It's warmer and costs less. <laughs> Uh, although in one chunk it's expensive but
1: yeah well you got a budget each month
0: yeah yeah and, and it'll be lower which I'm happy for but yeah my war chest is almost gone <laughs> <laughs> so we have plumbing to do this coming weekend which is going to suck but it's warming up so that'll be yeah. fun yeah yeah well uh I'm enjoying this time through Matthew I think this is is fun having little echoes of Christmas through uh through January <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's been fun. I'm, I'm trying. I to thought throw. like I almost said at the beginning, like ah, oh, is Christmas sermon number two. Or, or did I say that?
0: I don't. I I'm usually getting coffee when you do your opener. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> this week, they really didn't have an opener. I kind of jumped right into pre point one.
0: Well, I was looking at your notes. I like to see like how long I was gone because usually it's not long, but. Well, we'll see how long you were screwing around before you get into your notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really. Right ever, there. <laughs> I don't ever screw around before I get in my notes. I use. I mean, maybe a sentence. Yeah. Right, maybe it tops. Uh, what I tend to do is I tend to linger in my opener a little, just a little too much, and just add a little too much. Yeah. Um, but I don't really ever have any fluff before getting into my script. Yeah. I mean, it's usually "hello, let's go." And <laughs> well, the uh, scripture
0: reading person helps with that, so that's that's been nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. So, but this even this week though, I didn't have like uh,
0: no, you were ready to destroy the nativity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I didn't really have a hook uh, this week. I like to have a hook. Yeah, like here is the problem, but it was really more of a. Let me begin. By showing you just a, a f- kind of a fluffy, a fluffy misconception that yeah, that's, that actually has a point.
0: That's a hundred percent down the right stream because you've been dealing with our expectations so far. Yeah, and so now we see some expectations that actually are going to start to have human responses to bear fruit that yeah. aren't in the way that Joseph did everything that the Lord obeyed or commanded. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: that I think that was I don't I don't know how much of that's intentional whenever we'll, we'll take it from the spirit.
1: Well, and the well the um the the kind of the misconceptions at the beginning is kind of like ah ha ha you know who who cares that's mm-hmm. you know if they got three or thirty what's the big deal it's it's tradition blah Total, blah blah a lot of implications but, but if you understand what Matthew's doing mm-hmm. that it is a big deal like the because Matthew is not just um retelling us the story of Jesus's birth and we've got to get past that this is not just uh this is not what um Charlotte Mason would call a twaddle like this is not um fluffy disney like narration mm-hmm. he's he's actually they're pushing a, a point. Mm-hmm with the text so it's more akin to writings like uh c.s lewis and and opening of lord of the rings right yeah it's there's there is a a narrative that's happening here that's beyond the just the uh the basic points of that there was a guy named Joseph and there was these wise men and a guy named Herod and they did this this and this. Mm-hmm. There's there's more going on there. So if you understand that, then, uh, then then you understand that whether or not there's three wise men there or not is is actually a really big deal because because mm-hmm. uh, again the point that that I tried to make yesterday is that he's he's trying to show us essentially the whole world has to respond to Jesus. And they're going to respond in these main ways at large. Mm -hmm. Anxiousness, worship, um, uh, apathy, or anger. Mm -hmm. And I think most people, you can really put them in one of those four categories. Oh, yeah. Uh, And all of us, at almost any given time, fall into one of those four categories. Although I don't think Matthew is trying to say everyone must fit into these four categories. But I think by and large that that's the case. Sure. And so he's using this just this little island, if you will, of Jerusalem and the surrounding area to show us the response of the world. Mm. Um, and so the opener, instead of just trying to do some kind of hook, and I probably could have on like, how do you respond and blah, blah, blah. It was my hook, if you will, was more like, here's a, a way your nativity sucks. And here's how we can uh correct that yeah and boom point one yeah now it, it fits well, and
0: one of my favorite things going through Hebrews before I was teaching Old testament survey uh and now I'm in Matthew I'm doing biblical theology, one of my favorite things to say every Sunday is this is gonna be really important for you in about thirty minutes it's you know? yeah. <laughs> be really That's important right. in about thirty minutes for the sermon, yeah, uh, so like Looking at Old Testament survey, we're touching on all of these themes. We're touching on all these pieces that we're unpacking actively in the New Testament and Hebrews. Yeah. And then yesterday, in particular, for my class of biblical theology, we're starting to really unpack our tools of, of covenant and, and what we're, how God deals with us in progressive revelation over time. Mm-hmm. And so it's for us in that waiting period of Matthew, of which we're you know at the tail end of that 400 years of silence, this is, they were looking for a messiah. Yeah, they, Herod knew exactly what was what yep. the deal was. So that comes from somewhere, and I, yeah. I think that's what you're what you're after.
1: That's where I made that comment of you know though though Herod did not believe in God, he understood the prophecies, and he understood uh, any threat to his rulership was going to be a problem, yep. and he was going to deal with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's really helpful. It's it's really valuable in how we unpack the scriptures, because uh, you you made the point of being broad versus narrow, and yeah, you and know, in, in our interpretation, broad and,
1: broad versus narrow in, meaning in the when you come to a, a, a narrative or a parable, when it comes to interpretation, you got to be really careful. What you see a lot of it's pretty it's 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 um uh popular among a lot of um, more charismatic circles. So, and even like charismatic mean like your, uh, your goofy Stephen Furtick's and that kind of crew to, to take uh, the star, like I could, I could see a Stephen Furtick's sermon sounding like this, man, the star rested over top of the nativity. Was there a star over top of your house? because if there is then you can rejoice and so how do we get that star over top of your house well you uh you you know you need to do a b and c you know you have gold and frankincense and myrrh in your and hands have, and you make sure you share that with the church and you will have a star over top of your house right like and i'm i i know we're laughing but i swear i've heard that sermon before oh, yeah um like that's. I would put that in the category of like, man, you're you're pushing a detail of the narrative or a detail of the parable too far. Yeah, you're 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 pressing in that. That's that's not the point. But you got to think more broadly. What's this? What's this passage trying to paint more broadly? Well, what you see in this particular situation, you see multiple. Matthew is recording the responses of multiple people. Well, huh? Why is he doing that? Mm-hmm. Why does he say Herod was troubled? Why does he say Jerusalem was troubled? Why does he say the the um, the chief priest, why does he leave out mm-hmm. what they do, although they should have done something? Mm-hmm. Why when he's going to show us what they do later, right? Yep. Um, why does uh, um, the Magi, mm-hmm. why do they continue to follow and follow and follow and follow and then fall down and worship? Yeah. So there's, like, like, why would we in this moment need to know that all of Jerusalem was troubled? They're not players in this at all. Like, you don't see them come to the nativity. They're not present with Herod. They're not anywhere in the, like, physically. Their their presence is not there. You have the wise men. You have uh, Herod. You have the high priests and, um, and scribes. Jerusalem's not even there. Mm-hmm. But yet, why does Matthew tell us they're troubled? Yeah. Well, that that's that's important. And why it does is. he why does he say they are troubled like Herod? Mm-hmm. And then also another clue. I, and I didn't get to this on Sunday, but like, he brought the wise men in secretly. Mm-hmm. Well, why would he do that? To just to say, oh, I want to go worship Jesus too. Yeah. Why you would he do be that? So shady. Well, yeah. Why. <laughs> He, right yeah so like why is he responding that way like there's there's just some characteristic you're like oh, hang on all right why why is he bringing this in to the story so seemed to be that 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 was a broad a good broad stroke to, as opposed
0: say, to going into what what's the secret meaning behind the three gifts
1: yeah exactly uh, instead of saying they're kingly gifts
0: <laughs> and they're valuable. That's right, because he's a king and he needs the money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I I agree. So that's that part is is really helpful. That's what we were tackling in there. Is like, quit doing word studies before you understand what the word, the overall word means. Oh man. All right. So like, we're talking about levels of interpretation and being able to back up and look at this picture that's being painted in each section. Uh, don't don't zero in on on these, these wrong things. You get to see the players at at play here, and I think bringing in the city as a character uh, was was genius. Um, that's like the equivalent of watching you know any kind of movie. Somebody walks into Queen Elizabeth's you know hall, uh, and you just totally don't pay attention to the rest of the of the nobles in the hall, right? And you yeah. just look at her response, and you're missing the general feel of the yeah. room and what's going on and what the politics are at play. And so, yeah, for us, it's like reading this and just being like, Oh, Herod King and Magi awesome. And just zeroing in on your nativity scene and missing what's going on all around because it does set expectations for everything that is to come. Yeah. Cause otherwise you might be a little shocked about what's coming this coming Sunday. Yeah. You're like, Oh, where'd that come from? Oh, they were troubled. All of them. Exactly. That, oh, okay. Well now they're really troubled because all the babies <laughs> were murdered,
1: man. And, and that whole point that Matthew is foreshadowing, right, the the response, uh, the anxious response and the angered response to Jesus coming um, is, I, I think, is just stellar. Because I, th- I think, by and large, evangelicals misread the Gospels. I think what we do is we just skim over top of it and find the things that we like, and then we construct a picture of Jesus and certain expectations, and then we walk on with that. And I think people have done that for ages. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's just a modern issue. And I think you, if you look at church history, you can see what were the pieces that were picked up as people would just skim over top. Um, I mean I think the puritans are some of the more recent examples of doing it well mm-hmm. where they they paint both the the uh uh compassionate tender side of the lord but also his he didn't come to bring peace but a sword mm-hmm. and and you you get um a more holistic picture um so yeah yeah my favorite
0: version of that
1: would be all the LGBT
0: uh Stickers on cars that tell me that Jesus would slap me. <laughs> so, I know that. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he's going to slap you. Mm. <laughs> so along along those lines, one thing I thought was uh, I wanted to emphasize is this growing and progressive aspect to anger and um, our responses to to not just the gospel, but to people uh, that you brought out. And You're talking about like murdering our exhorters. Um, and the necessary outcome that comes with that. And So when we respond in anger, at first it's just you know a little simmer or a little response, a little spark. Then it turns into a simmer, then it turns into a full-on boil, then it's over the edge. And and that has been forever. In our ministry we've seen that the nature of sin is that it escalates. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, as we've talked about before with like church discipline, people are like, well, why don't you discipline on that? We, we can't, but there will be something that will come if they don't repent. Yeah. We can trust, unfortunately, that sin is always going to escalate apart from repentance. And so we see that specifically here in this relational aspect that I, I wanted to pull out for you, that this progression is an important piece here because at the front end of that progression, we're going to be deniers,
1: Yeah. right? You mean, So you mean when someone's exhorting you?
0: Yeah, like, oh, I'm not that mad. Maybe.
1: Or, or that he's going to keep turning up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we've... Uh, we tend to call frustration frustration because we don't want to admit we're mad Mm -hmm. or we're angry. Um, And bitterness is, is right there in that category too. I mean, bitterness and anger is, is they're they're uh, twins, you know, in the same womb or they're uh, at least in the same stream together. Um, Yeah. I think the, the progression is important because, yeah, so someone exhorts you you don't you don't like it for it's a threat to your rulership, it's a it's a threat to your way of life that you want or the way you think is best or it's a threat to your pride, it's a threat to your uh, plans, it's a threat to your comfort, it's a threat. To, I mean, it could be a threat to many, many things. It's just a threat to something that you don't want to lose. Um, and it, it may not be a like the exhortation to like stop doing a you may not care about doing a it's just the fact that it was your supposed wisdom that led you to do a and Mm -hmm. so now your wisdom is under attack because you chose to do a yeah so a made the the actual action may not be the the actual issue and you may not care about it particularly, but what it represents, it's a threat to that.
0: That's a huge thing. I mean, that's typically what we're going after in pastoring. Honestly, we usually don't care if you pick A, B, C, or D. Yeah, Really, uh, yeah. it matters not to us a single bit. It's it's how you got there.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I've, I've heard this so many times. Well, and there's nothing wrong if I do that. My... Yes, there is nothing wrong if you do that. You sound like one of my five-year-olds, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, I don't have any five year olds right now. You sound like one of my sub 10 year olds. <laughs> like, I, I don't, that, that's right. I don't care. I, I mean, I, but what, and, and, and same thing with my kids. Like, I'm not coming to you, like, probably most likely not coming to you because there's that one thing. Mm-hmm. There's probably a pattern. Like I've, I've noticed a pattern in your life. Mm-hmm. And, this is just one example yeah. of that. Yeah. And so those We're not that sharp. We don't recognize every one little thing that has to get on our radar by repeat offense. <laughs> yes. So that does progress. And I, I just I want everyone to stop and take take account for how much they do this. I would I would put money on it, every single person in our church. Yeah. Uh at some point, sends out their little troops to go find where Jesus is so they can kill him. Mm-hmm. And that can look like it with your spouse, with your parents, with your elders, with your DNA leader, you know? And, yeah. I don't think it's just a, I think... I don't think it's just a, a mental game either because what's happening, is your emotions are getting wrapped up in there. Mm-hmm. And... That's what? why you
0: feel justified,
1: yeah, when <laughs> yeah uh i i I tried I mean, I think I made the point, I just wanted it to land a little heavier that maybe you do it more piously and you come up with a doctrinal issue you disagree with, and then you use that to feel justified in not listening to this to them over here on something that's completely unrelated Mm -hmm. uh, to the doctrinal issue apparently that you have. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've seen examples of that multiple times. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I'd watch it to the, to the point on, on your, uh, it progresses uh, because it sin always increases and it always comes to light. And you'll see these things. So just, just check your heart and say, all right, you know, well, I guess one of my encouragements would be: you have to, to some measure, disconnect what's being said from who's saying it, so that you can ass- assess the the truth claim and whether or not it's actually true. That is hard in
0: one sense, um, but it should be easier than we make it. I, if you think of sin appropriately as a plant, it comes from a seed and it grows. Well, just because you Pruned off a piece of that plant doesn't mean the plant died, right? They have yeah. to go after the root. And so what we usually think is and, and justify is, well, we, we pruned it, or I I see your concern, I'll I'll, I'll keep that in mind, clip. Uh, yeah. We take off that one, one leaf and think that we'd address the whole thing. Well, now the plant is still going. But it doesn't matter whether it's me or you or Jeff or Greg or whoever, that is the gardener when we come and clip it that's an objective thing it doesn't matter whether it was you and you you did it really fast and forcefully with your clippers or if it was you know me who you know used the loppers or or jeff who comes around with his knives and slices it off or whatever it's it's an objective issue right and so it should be easier to your point if we were to view it that way yeah Uh, but but we don't we get obsessed upset with the gardener
1: yeah now i don't yeah, I don't want to caveat this thing to death. There is room to assess the person delivering the item. So, for example, um, if the pagan world tries to tell us what masculinity should look like,
0: because they've been doing it for five minutes.
1: <laughs> well, Try. when they can't even figure out what a woman is. Yeah. Right? I, I, i'm not really going to pay much attention mm-hmm. to that i mean i might let it sit there for a second but but like they, they don't they're not qualified to give that kind of thing that mm-hmm. kind of statement um so i that's what i want to say like we you there is room to assess but but that's not me saying wow you can't even figure out how to to do taxes correctly, mm-hmm. so who are you to tell me who a man is? Yeah, like th- those have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now, who are you to tell me where I should spend my money when you don't spend your money correctly? Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a different, uh, that's more in line. But, um, but we're also talking there like from pagans too, <laughs> yes. so who are not standing on the Word of God as authority, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. there you go. Let's wrap up with this last piece
0: on uh, apathy. Was, uh, this one, uh, so anger is the more kind of outright one. We see that for sure. It usually results in a little bit more explosive sin. But apathy is that kind of hidden killer uh, that I, th- I thought we should spend a, a smidge of time on.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say this is this is by and large probably... The bigger struggle for our church, mm. um, and I, I think it touches all of us.
0: This is what I was aiming all of our liturgy at yesterday. Yeah, hearing and knowing the word and not doing anything with it.
1: Yeah, I think this touches probably more of us and more of us more often right here. And and I I wrote in our notes, our show notes for today, I, that I wish I could have named names. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason I wish I could have named names is. A, I think it would have been um, a good use of provocation because that would have been very provocative if mm-hmm. I would have said names. But pr- provocation is good and godly when it's used for the good of the other person. Well, what's wrong with a person who's apathetic? They don't care. They don't care. They're asleep. They're 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 asleep. They're they're. And how do you know when you're asleep? Well, you don't know you're asleep until you wake up. Oh wow! I just I've been asleep for the past twenty minutes. Oh wow! I slept for six hours. Wow! Like you, you're not asleep. Going wow! This is good to be asleep. This is fantastic. I'm glad I'm sleeping right now. This feels really restful. I'm I will be prepared for tomorrow. I'm glad I'm sleeping. No, you're you're indifferent to the moment because you don't you're not aware. Well, someone who's apathetic, um, it's not quite a one for one, but in that moment they're they're asleep. They they don't realize the grandeur and the beauty and the good and the honor of what's right in front of their face. Yeah, And so how do you do that? Like you just want to take and grab their shoulders and shake them, mm-hmm. you know? And so the uh, provocation in that moment might've been saying, Hey, you, so-and-so, Hey, you, so-and-so, this is you. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and those people that I would have said that name are the people that I think are, apathetic in general like just they live a life they show up regularly and they're apathetic and I want to encourage our people that though I did not um, believe it best to say names from the pulpit from the pulpit if you know those people you should go talk to them because you can go say their name in private and 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 I will in such in time as well you know there's that's uh, I'm not off the hook for that either um, we
0: just prefer to use as much of your relational currency <laughs> as possible.
1: That's right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yesterday was one of those sermons where I feel like I left most of it on the on the field. Oh yeah. And I explained what I needed to explain, and i I walked away feeling, did anyone hear me?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> That was the theme of it, yeah,
1: right. Like, or did they walk away apathetic? And now, now for the record, I know there are many people who, who heard and were encouraged, and you know, and will continue. It. But I think, by and large, those are the same people who are that way every week, and th- I mean that as a as an encouragement to them. Like, that's good. That's a good place to be. You should be there. But to those who either teeter on the fence or to those who are typically apathetic, I did you hear today? Yeah. Did you did you hear? Um. So. Yeah. For those of you that uh, are
0: fitting there, I would send you back to Deuteronomy six one through nine. We used that yesterday during our call to confession. Uh, verse seven. Uh, I'm sorry. Verse six. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Like they need to sit there. Yeah. You need to do something with them. You shall then teach them diligently. You shall bind them. You shall write them walking this way. The rest of you, uh, if the covenant components that we pulled out at the beginning and ending would be more helpful, then do that. Take hold of this. as Jesus has taken hold of you. Separate and make something new. Understand what has been spoken. Do the ritual signs and seals. Do the things that have been given for this covenant and arrange for the future. Act accordingly. Yeah. So there's... Yeah, I, I felt that way before walking off stage. Like, what's it for? (laughs) You know. Yeah. Um. And I think it was fantastic treatment for that. Um, Looking forward to this coming Sunday with, with Jeff. But want to encourage you all, as always, to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. We'll see you next week. See you guys.